All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host and commish, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, getting a little taste of Fegley's medicine, losing by 0.25, 0.24 last week. Yet another week where I watched my running backs not get goal line carries at the one. Jimmy G, congrats on your two-touchdown game. Rashad Penny, congrats on you losing four yards from the one-yard line instead of Alex Collins. We're not bitter. Shane, how you doing, buddy? Cause thanks for having me, buddy. Uh, oh, I say cause. I usually say Matt. God, <laughs> I'm, I'm rusty. Um, good to be here. Really excited to uh, back on this, on the show. Obviously, I, uh, I feel your pain. Although my uh, my point four four victory was a little little gamesmanship there by the Fleetwood franchise. Yeah, taking out their their starting running back on. Uh, on Monday night, but put up a great effort last week, number two in scoring, but not enough to take home a dub. Yeah, tough break. Um, yeah. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Ty texted me on Monday asking, like, is there any benefit to me leaving Williams in? And I told him, you know, there are some tiebreakers that come down to points scored. Um, he, he decided to, he said he was considering leaving him in because of that. Um, what would you have done in that situation? Yeah, it, it was interesting. It's an interesting one because he's right in the thick of that that points points race, and it's looking. I mean, you never know how the season's going to end, but I mean, he's right on that six team six teams five team seven bubble, like of making the playoffs, and and that, that's a tough tough position this early in the season. I think to to give up those guarantee, not guaranteed, but ten points could end up being huge. Mm-hmm. Um, could be the difference of getting that last spot or not. Um, but I mean, obviously grabbing grabbing a win when you can is, is huge, and he had already gained what looked like a twenty to thirty points on most teams on the field last week because it was a really low scoring week for everyone. Just right. about um, not a lot of points being put on the board across the league. Um, Today so, yeah, I, I was looking at that too, and I was like, man, that's a, that was a tough decision because I mean, how often is your running got back going to put up negative points? Not often, but it, it does happen. You don't want to <laughs> certainly when you have a win wrapped up, you don't want to come away with a loss on something stupid um a fumble early in the game I'll some sort of injury Mike James I'll, I'll love Mike James from <laughs> God bless from 15 years ago or whatever it was um but yeah that was that was an interesting decision he had to make because I mean what do you leave on the table at like 14 points I think from, from Williams something around there I think so, so but I, 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 we, I for a team like Ty I'm taking wins man like his team's good enough I think wins are the yeah. most important thing. I think he's got one of. The, I think he has a top three team in the league. It's clearly the deepest team in the league. Um, he's yeah, got three I, guys on his I bench agree. every week that could start. I think he made the right call. Yeah, I, I was looking at his roster. I'm like, man, like this seems pretty good for. They were three and four or whatever they were going in. I'm like, this is a pretty good team. They've been seem probably been a little unlucky so far this year, and they also had one of those weeks where we both had some, some juicy matchups. Yeah. So it was. But it was one of those weeks where you figured both teams were going to score a little bit, and we did. But, yeah, tough decision for him. But he, he went ahead and elected to take the, take the sure thing dub. And we'll, we'll, I guess we'll look, have to look back in about five or six weeks and see that uh, those 14 points come, come into play. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, all right, let's get trivia out of the way. It's just me, but I'll do my best to uh, go stump the Schwab style and win. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's who we kidding. You were going to win anyway. 
You can do that Buster yeah, Posey just... question if you want to now. Well, it's funny you say that because uh, I do have a little Buster Posey trivia nice. that inspired me earlier today. Uh, a little Buster Posey theme trivia, anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you, God sends me a message earlier but about staying away from the Buster Posey baseball trivia night, uh, but didn't know we were going to be solo. Um, anyway, so we'll see how well you do this by yourself on this one. So for those of you who haven't heard, Buster Posey, one of, one of my favorite players, one of the best players in baseball for the last decade, um, retired today. Pretty incredible career. Buster Posey is uh, kind of a player in an elite category in the fact that he played 12 seasons in, the, in Major League Baseball, all for the same team, and also won an MVP award. I'm looking for, on this list, in, in the National Football League, this has only this has happened 19 times. I'm not going to make you name all 19 because a lot of them are are from, nine of them are from a pretty long time ago. I'm looking for the nine guys that have done this in our lifetime. That's what that's where I'm going to draw the line. Okay. So nine guys that have played their entire career for one team and won an MVP award in the NFL in our lifetime. All right, good question. Um, just, you know, anytime people talk about Buster Posey, he's in the same breath as Yadier Molina. I want to throw it out there. Um, Posey, three-time World Series champion, Molina two, hopefully three next year. But if Molina catches 102 games for the 2022 Cardinals, which I believe he will, he will have doubled Buster Posey's innings in his lifetime. That's pretty incredible. Now, I think Buster Posey's... 2010 was his rookie year. Molina's was 2004. So he's got some extra years on him, but just to speak to the longevity of him as a player is incredible. Yeah. All right. So first name that comes to mind is Dan Marino. So Dan Marino is on this list. He was the MVP in 1984. Played his entire career with the Miami Dolphins. Okay. Um, I'm assuming I can say Aaron Rodgers. He's only played for the Packers. He's not retired yet. Likely to change next year, but... Aaron Rodgers is on this list. He is a three-time MVP, 2020, 2014, and 2011. Okay. Um, John Elway. John Elway is on this list. He was the MVP in 1987. Played his entire career with the Denver Broncos. All right, got some low-hanging fruit here with uh, Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. That was one of the kind of the caveats of the question, where they're obviously new to the league. But Lamar Jackson was the MVP in 2019. He's been with the Ravens. Patrick Mahomes was the MVP in 2018. All with the Chiefs so far. Okay. I feel like it's starting to get a little harder now. Um, MVPs. Guys that have played for one team. Trying to think. Quarterbacks mainly. Seems to be an MVP and quarterback or MVP as a quarterback award. Uh, Obviously, it's not Manning, not Brady, not Favre, not Air McNair. Um, Man, 
All right, let's work through some of the teams here. Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, football team. So I would say there's only one on this list that should flat out get, and the other ones are a little challenging. One of them is is you should flat when you when you think of it, you'll be like, oh yeah, duh. Yeah. Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions. Niners, Rams, Seahawks, Cardinals. Falcon, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan won the MVP award in 2016 and has been with the Falcons since 08. Kind of a, a Buster Posey mirror since he was drafted in 08. I look alike, I feel like, too. They do. They do look a little bit alike. Saints, Panthers, Bucks. Can't think of anyone there. Dolphins, Bills. I don't know if he's won an MVP, but I feel like Jim Kelly's a good guess. So Jim Kelly did not win an MVP. Okay. Jets, Patriots. Steelers. I don't think Big Ben's won an MVP. Steelers, Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Colts, Texans, Titans, Jaguars, no, Raiders, Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, man. Uh, I feel like I'm out already. <laughs> All right, so I'll give you one. <laughs> I don't think you're going to be happy about it. One of the, none of them are quarterbacks that are left. Okay. So that's probably why you're struggling. Yeah. Next man up, but the latest to win the MVP was in 1998. One of your favorite running backs, uh, Mr. Oh. Terrell Davis. Oh. <laughs> Played his entire career with the Broncos. Yeah, I didn't even know he won an MVP. <laughs> Yeah, he was the MVP that year. The one I was going to say you should absolutely have gotten was uh, quite possibly the greatest running back of all time, Mr. Barry Sanders. Oh, uh, yeah. 1997, played his entire 10-year career with the Lions. And then the only non-offensive player on this list, Bill Belichick's favorite player of all time, Lawrence Taylor, won the MVP in 1986. Wow. And then played for a few more years after that. But he did a pretty, pretty nice job there. Yeah, that was, tough, that was tough. Very tough. I was, I was just kind of, I was when you, when you talked about Buster Posey earlier this year, started looking at some stuff, and it's just, just show, showing how hard it kind of is to do, and and how we might not actually see that for a while because I'm not positive that any of those four guys that are still playing are going to be on the same team for the whole career. Yeah, I mean, it really does not happen often. I mean, it uh, even even. Going back, it doesn't. It happened a lot more earlier in the NFL, but it just does not happen that often anymore. Guys switch teams so often. Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. I, I would bet my. I would bet a lot that neither of those end up with the same team. Um, Mahomes feels like line, a, Mahomes, Mahomes feels like that's going to happen, but that's more it because feels of the like contract. It, yeah. yeah. Um. 
All right, so we did have a trade go down. I want to talk a little bit about the trade. Uh, well, two trades, I guess. Uh, Chase Edmonds goes to never uh, goes to Abusement Park from Nevermore for fifteen dollars, and then he also gets uh, Mike Evans and Damian Harris from Fegley for Saquon, uh, Can Makers, and ten dollars. So, um, sure, definitely needed a little bit of help. He gets it. Gives up some uh, chips and Saquon. And uh, acres that may be interesting for next year, but overall, I did think he improved his team this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Park going all in. Um, they already had a pretty decent squad, and now with the additions, feel like they're they're definitely bumped up to uh, to a squad that that you really don't want don't want to see coming down the stretch here. Um, and and they're kind of in a position where. They don't need to win out, but they certainly need to probably go at worst four and two rest of the way, um, and that might not be enough. So they, they probably need to win. They need to win at least four, maybe five. Um, it's looking like seven, seven, eight, and six is going to be that cutoff um, for the playoffs this year. They're sitting there at three and five. They said, "Hey, we have enough to do it," and made a move for it. And now their, their team looks a lot better. I mean. I think Evans is going to have to be the one that, that, that really plays big for them down the stretch. It looks like the the wide receiver area, obviously, is where they need to get the production. Um, they're pretty pretty stout everywhere else. Um, Caleb Mixon, obviously a pretty, pretty good running back duo. Um, picking up Harrison Evans, pretty solid. Harris has been playing pretty well here the last couple of weeks. Um, seems to be the bucking the Patriots trend here, and he's kind of the dare I say bell cow um, for that offense here the last couple of weeks. We'll see if that trend continues, but it looks like that's certainly the case. Belichick seems to have the most confidence in him and give him twenty plus carries. Yeah, Harris has been good. Uh, I thought it was a good move by Fegley to continue to. Um, get some funds, you know, you, he hadn't had his full 50. I still think he might be a couple bucks short because he did trade for some uh, draft cash, but he did a good job. Um, and I guess losing rugs and then Aaron Rodgers for this week really is what kind of put him over the edge in terms of uh, deciding to finally sell. I do want to get some insight from you. Talked a little bit about how it was a difficult week as a buyer and it would have been nice to have another week. Um, you were a team that probably was looking to make some additions and just kind of wanted to get a view from what the landscape was from someone who was trying to buy without many avenues to, to buy from because I don't really have that perspective. I was kind of already set, so. Yeah, I mean, all the buying kind of had already been done. and I, I mean, I wasn't really, put it this way, I, I think my team's pretty decent. I don't know that we're one of the top teams I think we're kind of in the middle of the pack but right at the right above the playoff line I think is where we're at um, I don't think it's any secret that we're probably a running back short <laughs> um, that's that's just the, the truth of it we're we're a, we're a stud running back away from, from being a true contender at this point um, just wasn't a whole lot of running backs out there that got me excited that I felt like were available um, kind of all the all the pieces that that I would have liked to take a run at were were already taken as far as 
Najee and Zeke. Um, like my receiving core, obviously, it's kind of what I built my team around. Um, didn't really know that there was there was much out there that could could improve in that area for my squad. So, set it up, staying put. Um, and gonna have to try to try to piece together the RB two spot, and, and obviously hope my my receivers stay stay healthy the rest of the way. It's kind of kind of where we're at. Yeah, I mean, the good news is for you, you said you're missing a running back. I mean, with Gordon and Connor, you can hopefully play the matchups and be able to get some production out of those spots. So um, I think it was a good move for you to not necessarily force something that wasn't there. Um, so I think I still like your team. I know you and I had maybe some very limited conversations about McLaren and Cooks possibly being a swap. Um just to help me get through this week, but I saw Cooks has some bye weeks left, so that's why I didn't kind of pursue it further with you. I was trying to get players that would be available for me and wouldn't have to be in and out at any point the rest of the way because I really can't afford to do much else. Yeah, I mean, it's no secret. I don't like Cooks. I already told you that. I mean, I never really did like him. I don't even want to play him. I just kind of have to because he's been playing decent, and I mean, on my squad, he's one of the better options. Um, I'm a little worried about him rest of the way, because I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a secret he doesn't really want to be there. <laughs> right. Um, I feel like he came out and kind of said that he didn't want to be there. And he was hoping to get traded. I feel like um, I was. I was hoping he did as well to Green Bay. But the talks were. Uh, I thought that would have been pretty exciting. Yeah. I'm not sure if it would have been a good thing or not him going to Green Bay. I and mean, obviously, better quarterback play. But um, if you're not Devontae Adams, you're not necessarily getting a bunch of targets. And in Houston, he kind of has to get some targets there just because he's probably their best weapon. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does rest of the way um, on a team that's just best and to continue to lose right. rest of the way and whether or not he's invested. Um, I could see him as a kind of guy that, oh, my ankle's hurt, I'm not playing. So <laughs> so the, the reason why I, like, I still like Cooks the rest of the year, I hear everything you're saying, but this week, it's funny, um, Tyrod Taylor will be back for the Texans. I actually think that's a good yeah. thing for Cooks. I know we make fun of Tyrod Taylor as a thrower, um, but they're two veteran players who I have to imagine have some respect for each other. But I think one thing you can say about Tyrod Taylor is he's had the respect of his teammates in every place he's gone. I don't think that Cooks will leave him hanging uh, yeah. in this situation. So. All right, yeah, I mean, it also behooves him, I guess, to... I mean, I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't want to be there. I don't know his contract situation, but I'm guessing he would like to show that he's still got a little left in the tank and plays well down the stretch, maybe, and he can get his way out of town if he yeah, wants. I feel like he has a couple of years left on his deal, but I, I, I don't know that for sure. Um, Detective Jack Doyle with a touchdown for the Colts, so good for him. Um, all right, let's get into the matchups. We'll start off with Team Ice Cream against Bull Weevils, two and six against three and five. Bull Weevils with that Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman stack so far out to the early lead with 14.74 early in the second quarter in this one. Um, hmm. Let's talk about Tyreek Hill. Um, had a great game against me on Monday night, put up 21.4 to get Bull the win. 
Chiefs still didn't look right, though. Um, this should be an explosive game, though, between the Packers and the Chiefs. Big game for Tyreek, I'm assuming you're predicting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, didn't, I thought it was going to be a Kelsey week last week. Um, I was wrong. It was, it was the Bay Hill week. They were... I don't even know how many targets. I'll have to double check, but it 18. felt like 50. 18. I mean, trust me. 18. I'm, I'm well versed. <laughs> it was 18. Um, yeah, I was just force feeding the ball. I made the comment to you during the game. I mean, I've been on that bandwagon where I, I don't think Mahomes is as good as everyone said he was going to be and thinks he is. I, I, I feel like he's lost sometimes back there. He, I feel like he doesn't read defenses very well. Um, He's just super athletic with super arm talent, which which helps him get by. Um, that being said, Tyreek Hill is the perfect player for him because he's just a complete nightmare to cover for more than four seconds. Um, if the play breaks down, he's just impossible to cover for that long, and he's the guy that, that constantly finds the holes when Mahomes is back there running around like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, so... Green Bay secondary's not all that great, so I, I would expect another another solid beat from Hill. Um, easy to say for what butters here two in the league, but I, I would expect him to get force fed again, another dozen to fifteen targets, eight nine catches, and, and gets a score. It's hard to say because the Giants lost the game, but I thought they actually played the perfect type of defense against the Chiefs. It didn't work out for me, but. If you watched the way they lined up against them, they had corners on press coverage on all the bums. They had basically no one within 15 yards of Hill, basically just saying, we're not going to let him beat us over the top. And that's why he had the 18 targets. Um, And then they had, I think, bracketed coverage on Kelsey. So they're basically saying, if we can keep Hill in front of us, we can keep ourselves in this game. And they did. Uh, They just couldn't make enough plays offensively, unfortunately. But... I'll be curious to see if that kind of becomes uh, the blueprint here the next couple weeks uh, against Kansas City. We'll see what Green Bay brings out against them. I'm expecting a, another good game from Hill. Um, he's all that seems to be right with the Chiefs right now. Yeah, it's no secret. I mean, this is kind of what teams have been doing to them just about all year now. Is They're, they're going to line up and they're going to say, if you want to run the ball <laughs> for five, six yards every play, go ahead and do it. Um, right. We're not going to let you complete the 40, 50 yard passes. We're not going to let Kelsey just destroy us in the middle of the field. Um, if you want to run the ball 12 times and run down the field, we're going to take our chances of stopping you in the red zone. And Mahomes has shown he's not ready to do that yet. <laughs> he's, right. he's not ready to just say, you know what, I'm going to hand it off every time <clears> until, you, until you guys change it. Until that happens, we're going to continue to see the same Chiefs team, I feel like. For, for the foreseeable future until he's ready to say, you know what, I don't need to throw the first 350 yards every game. We can run for 250. All right, on the ice cream side, uh, Zach Ertz got A.J. Green out with COVID. Hopkins is questionable, I believe, and it, may, it almost looks like he's trending as if not playing. We'll see what happens as we get closer to game time on Sunday. Ertz has looked like a good fit so far in the Arizona offense, just what Kyler needs as an underneath guy. Um, expecting a big Ertz game against San Francisco. Um, 
I don't know that I would say a big herbs game. I don't know how many big herbs games are left in that tank. Um, 15 points, but, maybe. I don't know. But I can definitely see him. It's definitely shown since he's gotten there that they want to get him involved in the offense. Um, so, it's looking like Hopkins is going to be out. I'm not expecting him to play. Um, obviously, that's a lot of the offense right there that, that's going to need to go somewhere. Um, I'll divulge and say, yeah a big Earth's week and say he gets into double digits. So Yeah, I think he could get into the 15-point range, you know, 75 in a score. Um, I just think he looks like he still has some good football left in him because um, I think he's, he looks like he's moving well, and I think he's a good fit. His skill set fits well for that offense. The thing that's going to be interesting to watch there is um, how Kyler's ankle that he hurt on Thursday night uh, affects them because we've seen that he's not necessarily a player who can play well when he's dealing with injury. But we'll get to that when we get to Phil's game, I'm sure. Um, who do you have winning? Ice cream with still what looks like a pretty pretty decent lineup. I think I'll probably take them over the Weevils in this one. Yeah. We'll say, I mean... The, the Weevils have some, some pretty decent matchups, I feel like, this week. Um, a lot of their guys play a lot of the the weak teams in the league. I mean, Beasley, Jacksonville, Landry should have, I would think, a decent game this week, um, especially with, with OBJ not playing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already talked about Hill. I know... Miles Gaskin, we've we've touched on that playing against Houston, so some pretty solid matchups for the Weevils. Um, I, I think the ice cream team is still just a little better. I mean, there's just better players there with Kamara, Jefferson. Um, I mean, give me the ice cream close. All right, next game, Abusement Park against the Renegades. Uh, Renegades with Mike White at the quarterback position. He had a good start to the game, but I think he hurt his hand. It's not. Short, I'm not sure if he'll come back in. He's been getting looked at. He does still have his helmet, so it's in play. But right now, Josh Johnson um, at quarterback for the Jets. So he may be stuck with that 9.8. Um, <clears throat> let's look at their team. It's a, it's a skeleton squad with DK and Gronk out. Um, I don't know if Saquon, Saquon looks like he may not be back just yet. So we're looking at... You know, Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon, Robbie Anderson, Kadarius Toney. Um, he was able to scoop <clears throat> Brandon Ayuk back up for a dollar after dropping him for a couple weeks. That may end up working out. I don't know. Um, what are your thoughts on Ayuk? Ayuk? Yeah. I guess is, uh, is my thoughts. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's it's proven that this is... Debo, when Kittle went healthy and a, and a running back, that's that's kind of the San Francisco offense. Um, I don't know that Ayuk fits in. Um, did get seven targets last week, um, which is a promising sign, but um, I just I just don't know that he he fits in to be to be anything more than a a bye week flex play here and there every once in a while. I, I don't ever see him. 
jumping into that gotta gotta play this guy gotta have um so yeah i'm, I'm still out yeah, it may not matter for this week, too, but I'm, <clears throat> I know we got rid of the rule, but I'm hoping, you know, Fegley maybe drops Logan Thomas, moves Akers to the out spot, and grabs a tight end for this week, just because, <clears throat> you know, this is kind of important with Sher being three and five, so, um, don't know if it'll matter much with the team that he has out there, but it would be nice to see him put together a, a full lineup, um, let's go over to the Abuseman Park side. Whew. Uh, Darren Waller back from injury uh, looks to be a full go against the Giants. Uh, you think Waller gets back to his ways at the start of the season, or is he going to work his way in slowly here with the Raiders? Well, if you haven't heard, uh, Carr is going to win the MVP this year. Yeah. So if that's going to happen, um, Waller's going to have to be a big part of that. Um, I would expect I would expect Waller to, to jump back in here and have a pretty good week against the Giants. Um, Giants have been playing pretty well the last couple of weeks. Um, play obviously played well against Carolina and played well last week defensively against the Chiefs. Um, but I, I would expect Waller to uh, to get back into his, his top five tight end status of where he belongs and and, and put up a nice double digit week. So. I'm not too worried about him. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, I think Waller's going to have to... Uh, they don't have a lot of wide receivers. Now that Ruggs is gone, it's it's basically Edwards, uh, Renfro, Zay Jones, and Waller. So um, we will see what that turns into uh, for the Raiders this week. Um, trying to pull up Waller's game logs just to see. But yeah, the, the monster week, week one, where he had 19 targets, and that was the center. It was, it was 7, 7, 7, 8, 5 in the target range, um, which is obviously what you're looking for from a, from a tight end. Nothing huge that, we, that we've seen other than week one. But he's been a 4-5 catch guy um, all year long. When he played, I, I, would, I would expect that to get a little bit of a boost here, obviously, with, with rugs out and not having him eating up any of the any of the targets, so um, expect that to get into the more six seven catch range. Yeah, I, I think you're looking at probably a top tight end this week week from him. Uh, you know, Giants played well against the Chiefs, but still a lot a uh, lot to be had against the Giants, I believe. All right, uh, I'll take the park to win. I would say you're going to agree with me. Yeah, this is Harkin. It's not close. Yeah. Interesting, because the Renegades are currently, I guess, in the, as far as the East Bend app goes, the the final team in the playoffs right now. And they're the 4-4 four four team, but um, they've sold. Park Park is bought. And yeah, this one's not close. Yeah. All right, next game, Fleetwood Franchise against Nevermore. Talked a little bit about Ty's team at the start here. Michael Carter so far in the RB2 spot with 4.6 um, as we approach halftime here in the Jets-Colts game. Just a really really good lineup there. Um, with Calvin Ridley being out and teams having to focus more on Kyle Pitts, 
I think Cordero Patterson becomes a very intriguing play the rest of the season for the Falcons. Uh, what are your thoughts on Patterson? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been, I mean, <laughs> got to say he's been close to the, the MVP of fantasy so far this year, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a running back nine. Um, a guy that no one really saw coming. Obviously, no one was really not drafting him. Um, I'm looking at, at it as a guy that's going to really contribute much, and then all of a sudden now he's a, he's a running back one that you got to have in there every week. Um, consistent targets, consistent carries out of the backfield. Um, I mean, what more can you ask for? The guy's been great, and like you said, not a whole lot to uh, to steal away any of his looks in, in that offense. He's he's going to be a go-to guy. And, I expect him to continue RB1 production the rest of the way. All right. On the Nevermore side, uh, starting Tyson Williams, Darius Johnson, Mike Davis, Rashad Bateman. Um, what are your thoughts right now on Nevermore for 2022? We won't even really much get into much this week, but obviously Kelsey's locked in as a keeper for him. Um, right now, looking at his roster and knowing what I know just from what people have talked to Tyrus about, looks like Travis Etienne might be his keeper. Uh, for I think he was a dollar player as an IR spot. He should be, obviously, a healthy go for 2022. Not sure what his role in the offense will be, but I'm sure it'll be something. Do you think he's a candidate to look to trade for a keeper in the offseason? Or would you kind of go into the draft with the money that you have and, and roll the dice with ETN? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, obviously we've got a lot of time between now and, and then, but I I got to believe that he's got to be looking to, to pick up a, a keeper in the, in the offseason. Um, I'm not sure that, I, that I'm ready to, to roll those dice with, with ETN yet. Um going to be a rookie coming off of an injury and what should still be a pretty bad team um i'm not sure just watching etn in college obviously he was good at clemson but i'm not, I'm not sure that he's going to be good enough to unseat james robinson um i feel like there's some value there but i i think i would be in the market to try to try to pick a pick up a keeper off somewhere else uh, before the draft. Yeah, I think there's going to be guys to be had. I am an ETN fan. I think he'll be outstanding um, when he gets a chance. But it's going to depend a lot on if Urban Meyer's back for me. Just bad vibes all over Jacksonville with him in charge. Um, And with having the extra money, I believe he'll be um, up about 30 bucks. So he'll be starting at uh, about 2.30 prior to keepers. Probably after it keeps Kelsey, be right around that 200 mark. Um, I think it may be a good move to look to see if you can get someone for a few bucks in the offseason. I'll take the franchise to win this one big. Yeah, this one's uh, this one's franchise big. They keep it rolling and uh, keep, uh, keep their hopes alive in that division. All right, Desert Dogs versus Mixed Mad Dogs. 
Mixed Mad Dogs in first in the far division right now, two games over Fleetwood franchise. This would be a big one for me if I was able to uh, knock him off for tie. Swing swing matchup in this one's going to probably be if McCaffrey's able to play. Um, if he's out there playing, that means Hubbard will not be in the lineup for the Mad Dogs, which uh, would be big because if McCaffrey's out, then it's just an easy, easy plug-and-play for the Mad Dogs in the Hubbard side. Um, start off with my team, Brady on by, streaming Tua right now against Houston. Have had some thoughts, just to be uh, completely open with the league, I've had some thoughts about going for Jordan Love, maybe running him out there against the Chiefs. Want to get, uh, get your opinion, should I roll with Tua or take the gamble with uh, Jay Hart? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure which one's taking the gamble, buddy. Yeah. Um, obviously, you can't get a much juicier matchup than uh, two at home against the Texans. Um, anyone against the Texans is usually a pretty safe play, um, except for Mr. Checkdown too. I'm not sure that can be too thrilled there, but I, I do. I do expect two to have a good week. I will say that. Um, I was kind of, I know I saw you picked him up last week with intentions of playing him this week. Um, I thought you might go in the, uh, the direction of, of Mr. Tannehill. I feel like, uh, hmm. I feel like there's a, there's some upside there. Um, there is. Derek Henry out. Um, got to figure they're going to be able to kind of have to throw the ball on a Sunday night. Um, so I, I think there's some options there. I, as far as the Jordan Love, I I don't know. I'm ready with not saying you have to win this one, but your, your season's kind of on the line here, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, three and five, you, you get to three and six, and you're pretty much looking at having to win five in a row. That's that's probably the the case. That's probably the facts. So I mean, you're you're a team that's, that's got to go five and one probably. Um, just like we talked about with sure. Um, Man, throwing Jordan Love out there, that would be that would be a cause move. <laughs> Picking the right quarterback at the right time. Um, I, I don't think I'm ready for it though. I don't think I'm ready for the for the Jordan Love experience. No, I I think I, I'd go I think I'd go to or Tannehill. Yeah, I I can't. I, I mean, I, I think I just think it's probably more Fanduel play than anything with Love. Um, Two has shown that he can score against bad defenses, Houston. I believe is a bad defense, so yep. I'm just gonna hope that uh, they don't they don't pressure him into bad throws, and we get a safe twenty-ish points, and hopefully the rest of my team can pick it up from there. So I'm just hoping too it doesn't lose us for lose it for us, honestly. Um, but to speak to your Tannehill thing, uh, I think we're about to find out that Ryan Tannehill is not really a good quarterback. Um, I don't think that that's a great scheme in Tennessee. I don't. It's just a hey, let's give it to the big guy thirty times, and the five times that we decide not to, let's uh, let's hope that we can run play action off of that, and they think we're going to give it to them. And I don't think that's going to be there. Rams are going to be excited uh, to play this one. It is at home for the Rams Sunday night. That place will be rocking. Um, and Von Miller will hopefully be making his debut for the Rams. So I think I think this could get uglier than people think. 
Um, all right, on the Mad Dog side, let's talk about Devontae coming back off COVID with Jordan Love as his quarterback, as we talked about. Um, I'd say the one thing that's great about a rookie quarterback coming in to start, or not a rookie, I guess, but first start, is the fact that you have a guy like Devonta Adams should be peppered with targets. Uh, what do you think Adams does Sunday afternoon in that one? I mean, it's it's kind of a staple that you don't bet against Devonta Adams, but man, I got a question: How many routes Devonta Adams has actually run with Jordan Love throwing him the ball? Um, I mean, I, I I just obviously the rapport with Rodgers is, is the best wide receiver quarterback rapport that we have in the league right now. Um, they're on the same page just about on every play and, and know each other so well. I, I, I just question whether that's going to be there with Love. Um, I feel like that's a real thing as far as Love's not practicing with that guy. He's not getting the reps with that guy. Um, he's still an elite player in the league, one of the best wide receivers that we have. Um, but I would expect production to come down for him this week. Um, I, I think it's uh, you get a, you get a backup quarterback in the game. I think it's more of a running backs out of the backfield, short passes, kind of really blah game plan from from the Packers. And I'm not expecting them to uh, put up a, a lot of passing numbers here. I'm, I'm expecting them to try to try to bleed the clock more of a running game and win the way kind of the Giants did last week. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching this game. I mean, I thought the Thursday night game without Devontae, Rodgers was masterful. It was one of the best performances you're going to see, just the way he was able to manipulate the whole game. Um, Rodgers, obviously a master manipulator, not only on the football field, but in life. He's just <laughs> constantly manipulating things. Um, you know, my kid is a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, and I worked from home today because there was a little bit of a stomach bug going through the kids, and uh, we had to, we were sitting there watching just the toxic NFL television this week between OBJ <sighs> and Rogers, and you know, he starts asking me questions about Rogers like he's not vaccinated. No, he's not vaccinated, but he well he told everyone he was. Yeah, why did he lie? <laughs> <laughs> not something you want to have to try to explain to your seven-year-old who idolizes this NFL player about, he's not really a good person. <laughs> um, so that was uh, some interesting parenting today, just having to kind of talk to him about that. But now we'll see Devontae out there without Rodgers, and it'll be curious for me to see what kind of a game plan the Packers come out with. Is it still more of a, a running effort, or are they going to try and see if they can live without Rodgers after this year? So, KC's the perfect team to do it against, and um, I just think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Alright, um, I think McCaffrey will play from everything I've seen. I've Every time I've thought I knew what's going to happen with this guy, I've been wrong for the last two years. So, fully expect him to not be out there now that I said that. <laughs> but, I'm going to take myself to win because I just feel like we have to. 
Yeah, man, this is this is kind of what it comes down to for the Desert Dogs. Um, not saying this team, your team's obviously very good. Not saying you can't rattle off five in a row, but feels like if you don't win this one, I mean, that's what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to win the last five. I, I don't know that seven and seven is going to get in. Um, looking at the matchups, um, man, I think it's going to be close. Give me, give me the Desert Dogs to get just enough and sneak one out where your running back outplays his running back on Monday night. He's got a receiver as well, so you're going to need to outdo both. But I think Najee outdoes Herbert and Mooney on Monday night for the win. Yeah, it's it, the part about this that's terrifying to me is <clears throat> Mahomes has been so wrong for so long. And uh, just having to, you know, 6.7 in week 7, 15 in week 8. How long can we keep him down? <laughs> and uh, that's the part to me that's terrifying is just having to go against him in this match. Yeah. Obviously, you would have loved to play him either of the last two weeks. Um, I get him in a six point seven four week. Gotta love that. But yeah, you gotta you gotta feel like how how long is it until the, the forty point game shows up and and just bites you. Right. All right, Steel Curtain versus Take Your Ball and Go Home. Uh, pretty important matchup for Eddie here in this one. Obviously, you need to have this one too. You're hoping to win the Manning division, and with Phil being uh, down some players, good, good week for you to take advantage. This is another projected close game, six-point margin from ESPN. Start off with Eddie's team. Uh, what happened to Mike Williams? Uh, last two weeks, 2.9, 3.7. He's got a 1.6 in there, too. He was trending as a top-five wide receiver. He's down to 11th now. Uh, going against the Eagles this week. What do you think about Mike Williams? Well, I'll tell you what happened is we started talking about him on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. This I'm pretty is... sure it was, it was right before that Ravens game when we all started just bowing down, saying this guy was incredible, coming off the huge week against Cleveland. And uh, two games since then, he has four catches for 46 yards. So, it, it's starting yeah. to catch on. Uh, it's starting to catch on. Rankin, Jason texted me this week and said, dude, if you get brought up on the podcast, it's like someone putting a hit out on you. He said, you guys talked about <laughs> it Swift. Is. It's a real thing. Yeah, I know. We, uh, we all started saying, yeah, Mike Williams is the guy now. He's the best. This is the best thing since sliced bread. And, and ever since we spoke, it's been just goose egg after goose egg for this guy and, and brutal um, that being said I think the Eagles aren't very good um, I would expect Williams to get back to a, to a much more decent effort here this week um, I, I would expect him to get back in the end zone as well I think the Chargers are going to be able to move the ball they're going to be able to score a little bit here this week against Philly um, so give me a, give me a pretty decent week out of Mike this week. Um, get back into the into the fifteen to eighteen point range. Yeah, I think so too. This definitely feels like a Chargers get right game. Uh, the Eagles came out and slaughtered the Lions last week. 
and uh, the Chargers struggled with New England. I think the the universe writes itself this week, and the Chargers go on the road and do some damage with the Eagles. And uh, Mike Williams, and probably your receiver Keenan Allen, both have good games. Yeah, I, I think I think I would pencil both of them in for for nice nice efforts this week. Yeah. Um, who do you want me to talk about on your team? I don't I don't want to I don't want to kill anyone for you. <laughs> well, you've already touched on Cooks. Um, not looking like Hopkins is going to play. Um, well, we haven't we haven't made fun of him, so let's do it. Um, see how my RB RB one Lamar Jackson is going to fare this week against uh, against Minnesota because I'm expecting and thinking I'm going to need a vintage. Lamar run for a hundred and a score effort to, to kind of get me over the edge this week. Yeah. Um, Lamar going up against the Vikings this week. You know, everyone loves to throw dirt on Matt Nagy. The way I feel about Matt, uh, the way most people feel about Matt Nagy, and I agree with that, is also the way I feel about Mike Zimmer. I think he's one of the worst coaches in the league. Uh, Minnesota. <laughs> has one of the most talented offenses in the NFL. And for them to play the way they played Sunday night against Dallas is just pathetic. Um, so, yeah, big Lamar game coming off the bye. I, I think Harbaugh's one of the better coaches in the NFL. This team will be ready to go. And Minnesota seems to be derailing. So, I like, uh, I like Lamar this week. Yeah, yeah, I really like Lamar as well. <laughs> to touch on that, I, I'm the Zimmer... I, I don't know what it is. I, maybe I'm off here, but this is what it kind of, kind of reminds me of. Like Zimmer-led teams remind me of like the Bengals from like six, seven years ago. Like those kind of teams where it's like, man, like I feel like this team is pretty good, but like their their coaching just, just fucking holds them back. Yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like there's enough there to win, but like you know they're it's inevitably going to implode, um, and, and the coaching is is probably seventy five percent of the reason of why. Yeah. Um, he, he just seems like a, a really mediocre, mediocre guy to have in that position. <laughs> he's just not. In, he's not in tune. He's not self aware. Like he's the first one to yell at everybody on that team, but then like he has no control over anything that's going on. So he's he, you know the the famous phrase is you're either coaching it or you're allowing it to happen, and I feel like he allows a lot to happen on that Minnesota team. Yeah. So. Um, if Hopkins is not able to go, where are you looking? Uh, probably James Conner. Well, I guess we have uh, we don't have a whole lot of options here. Um, I was kind of hoping James Robinson was a little banged up. I was hoping I scooped up Hyde, but then he was banged up today as well. So um, I don't know who the hell is going to carry the ball for Jacksonville. I was hoping that I was going to be able to at least block Ed from from picking up a a start there from Hyde. Um, if if Robinson's not able to go and Hyde is the guy, I might I might go that way. Um, even though the Bills' run defense is pretty good, I think Hyde would be able to at least catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit. Um, yeah, it's probably probably James Conner if uh, if he can. So, I'm gonna give you a pro tip here. No one is ever more wrong about the Rams than me. But if you are looking to make a move, Deshaun Jackson waved, and. Titans are awful against receivers. Van Jefferson is very good at football. 
Um, I'm not saying you want to necessarily put all your eggs in a Van Jefferson basket, but I think Van Jefferson has a big game on, on Sunday night. So, just going to put that out there. Yeah. I do have, uh, do have some spots available since I, I whiffed on uh, all my, my bids this week. So, I do have uh, some moves to be made. Something to think about. Um, all right, who wins this one? I will take... I'll take the baggers. Big Jones game. We talked about Lamar. Uh, C.D. Lamb a little banged up this week. He may not go. So, Amari Cooper, I think, has a nice game for Dallas. Talked about Keenan Allen and obviously Cooks. So, I like your matchups this week, and I will pick you to beat Ed. Yeah, this is a huge one. Um, Ed kind of in the same spot as we just talked about as you. Um, three and five. Um, really, you really don't want to get to three and six and, and kind of be forced to, to win out almost the rest of the way. Um, obviously, these, this is two pretty good teams. Ed's roster is pretty solid. I'm staring at Stafford Sunday night right in the face right now. Another reason um, to get Jefferson. Yeah, staring that right in the face, and it, it's not looking too uh, too promising when I do that. Um, man. I love Eddie's roster. I think his team is a little better than mine. I think this is another close one where we both put up some points and I feel like I come out on the short end just by, by a hair here. So I'm going to go start Steel Curtain. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a tight game. Uh, let's get into our game of the week. We only have about six minutes, but I think we can cover uh, Jason's team pretty quickly. 17.2 from Jason Taylor. Or Jason Taylor. Jonathan Taylor at... Uh, Half, not sure he'll come back. He didn't play much of the second quarter. Looks like he may be banged up, but he already probably has enough there. Um, real yes or no question. I think it's an easy yes. Cooper Cup, 100 yards and a score this week? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure is. But he keeps saying yes until it doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So it's happened five times already this year. Um. And he's been 96 and two scores in one and 92 and no score in another. So, yeah, it's it's Cooper Cup's year. Like we said, it's going to continue to be. Um, he's going to be wide receiver one this year. Um, it's not stopping unless there's some sort of injury. Um, Jason, that was not a ploy to get this guy hurt. I, I swear. No, no. I would do that. I'm a stand-up guy. I like Cooper Cup, too. So. I, I don't wish for injuries. Um, That's not true. But, um, Cooper so Cup. Now, now, yeah, this is Cooper Cup week. He has a he has a chance to join uh, four other wide receivers that have over a thousand yards and nine touchdowns in the first nine games of an NFL season. Last to do it was the immortal Jerry Rice. So that's what we'll be looking nice. at there. Um, Phil's team. Oh my God, what a disaster this has become. Um, Kareem Hunt, not sure we'll see him again. Derrick Henry, we won't see him again, most likely. Fournette and A.B. on by. Hawkinson on by. We're running out. Tyler Conklin, Brian Edwards, Jacoby Myers, Adrian Peterson. I hurt Kyler Murray. Um, Phil just finding new creative ways to become not the best team in the league yet again, unfortunately for him. Um, what could go wrong? Yeah, right? What could go wrong? Um... You worried at all about Kyler with the ankle? 
Yeah, I mean, being mobile is, is a huge part of his game. I feel like you have to be worried about it. Um, if he can't move around back there, he's clearly not a guy that's able to just stand in the pocket and make things happen. That's not his not his game. Um, he has to be able to be mobile, move around, make some plays with his legs, then plays. That's kind of his MO. Um, if he's not able to do those things, then he turns into just a nothing more than a, a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, absolutely. Definitely worried. Yeah, ankles have a way of uh, lingering, too, when you're not able to just kind of sit it down and stay off it for a week or two. So um, Arizona feels like a team that, you know, coming into last week, everything was going great, riding high, a team that can do really well when they're at the top of the wave. Took a step down, and now it's going to be on Cliff Kingsbury to right that ship and not let it become a disaster. And I'm not sure he's the guy to do that. Um, and I'm not sure Kyle. I'm not sure Kyler is either. So, um, I don't think San Francisco is a good team by any means. But I do like Shannon. I made fun of Kyle Shannon to you guys, but I do think Shannon's still a pretty good coach. Um, this one's going to be going to be interesting to see who who wins this one. Yeah, I think that's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting game, Arizona San Fran. I, I think that's gonna be it's gonna be a real close one. And I know I made it the game of the week, but I don't think this one's close. I'll take Nevermore in this one. Or uh sorry, the flock. Yeah, Seawolves an absolute disaster right now. Um flock just flying high right now. Class of the league, um, at this moment. Um, so give me give me the flock big. Um Interesting to see what the Seawolves do to try to salvage their season. Sitting at six and two, but could be a team that very well ends up six and eight, seven and seven with the with what's going on over there right now. Yeah, and you know we only have two minutes, but Phil had mentioned us. I don't know if he was actually serious. He talked about potentially selling, uh, even though he was six and two. Do you know if there was any truth to that? I'm assuming you guys had to have some trade talks. We we did not have any trade talks. I, I don't. I think he was. I don't think he was actually fully kidding. I think he would have if someone would have made an offer. He would have considered it. Um, I think he's smart enough to see the, the writing on the wall here that this team is in a bad place right now. I mean, when you're making moves, you know you're in some dark places. When you're you're stashing Jeff Wilson Jr. on your IR spots, I mean you're just throwing things at the wall right now. <laughs> just just making moves to yeah. make moves, um, just to make yourself feel better about anything. Living on the hope that Jeff Wilson Jr. is going to come in and score a two touchdown game somewhere. I mean, yeah, he, he's in some dark places right now. Yeah, um, seventy dollars for Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I thought. And about I don't hate it. which is the sick part. <laughs> I I thought about going. I looked at the the budgets. I was like, Phil's got seventy. I was like, I can go seventy one. Make sure he doesn't get them. And I was like, man, I, I can't go seventy one dollars for Adrian Peterson. That guy's like fifty. Um, so. Yeah, but good good luck there. I mean, he had, he had no other move to make though. He's got to make that move. Yeah, I I just didn't know if Peterson was the right move instead of McNichols. That's that I wasn't sure which way to go there. So, um, we'll see. All right. Well, that does it for week nine in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. I uh, hope everyone good luck this week. We do have some. Some lopsided matchups, so I don't think everything will be as tight as it was last week. But thank you for joining me, Shane, and uh, we will talk to you all in week 10.